1: Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizofia, and this is the Roto-Wire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host. We are not done yet. We've still got another big week of playoff games to go, but this will be the last week. Unfortunately, I know, I know, don't get too emotional, but this will be last week. John McKechnie and I will be talking DFS football for the 2017-2018 season, but don't fear we'll probably be back for MLB. So uh, if you need your fix, we should be around in a couple months. I'm going to take some time off. Well, not really. That's, that's a big giant lie. I have a new book coming out, the new fantasy black books coming out, but John, are are you going to take some time off? Are you going to go on vacation or something? Or what, what's your deal?
2: Yeah. I'm going to be like Samuel L. Jackson at the end of Pulp Fiction where he says he's going to be like Kung Fu and just walk the earth. That's what Uh, I'm about to do for the next six weeks. And then, uh, once once I've completed that journey, I will be uh, re- completely ready for the DFS baseball
1: season. I can't wait to see how long the beard gets when you do it. The,
2: the sideburns are really going to be just, you know, real mutton chops. They're going to be impressive.
1: Are you one of those guys who can't grow facial hair
2: or what? Are you like, are you good? I've, I've been growing like a, I, I think I'm starting to worry people around the office because I've been growing the mustache ever since Georgia lost earlier this week. So I, I think people might be getting concerned. It's coming in kind of red, more red than usual. So I don't I don't know what's going on there.
1: Is it like a like Rodrigo Blankenship inspired sort of thing, or
2: uh, I, I, you know, I know he's kind of a, an internet folk hero, but I'm, I'm not a huge hot rod
1: guy personally. <laughs> you don't care for the attitude, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> good for him. And I, mean, I don't. I don't like the cut of your jib, good sir. I don't care for it. All right, I you to a duel. I'm not satisfied. <laughs> yeah instead of taking off a glove he takes off his his cleat and he slaps a guy with it <laughs> all right let's uh recap real fast last week obviously uh some big upsets <laughs> going on there wolf indeed well you know what I, we called one of them or at least i i, I want to say you were on the Rams side i was on falcon side of memory serves but the falcons did not surprise me being the rams you know good for the rams though i think it was a good thing for them to see what it takes now to win on the next level. Yeah. I don't think it was a lost season for them at all just because it didn't end well. I think it was actually the best thing that could happen to them. Now you know what you need to do with it to the next level. But nobody saw the Titans coming. I mean, that's complete insanity. Um, now, you know, the Titans will advance to play the Patriots. Uh, we know that Jacksonville-Buffalo game was uh, – I mean, I don't know about you, John. I was on air for three and a half hours covering that game and i can 't tell you I mean, in one sense, it was great fun because it was so awful. in the other sense, it was absolute grinding torture to watch that and call it a football game uh,
2: yeah i can 't I can't really even think of another time this i mean I feel like the Browns even played more entertaining games like for for all sixteen weeks and what uh what was given to us on Sunday on a national stage for that playoff game that was that was miserable. I was like watching it over Bloody Mary, and even that couldn't help help me get interested in it.
1: No, Blake Bortles, 88 passing yards compared to his 87 rushing. It was just uh, – Blake uh, Bortles, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. it. But uh, New Orleans will advance as well as Jacksonville. So let's get to it, and let's talk about uh, – let's start with the primetime game here, and let's break that one down. Let's talk about those underdog Tennessee Titans who are, you know, feeling good, playing with house money, going to go up to New England. Now, New England has – just about everybody healthy right now, which I think is a, an awful thing for Tennessee and also an awful thing for fantasy owners because a healthy New England Patriots with Hogan, you know, with Gronk, with Cooks, with Lewis, with Burkett, if everybody's in the boat, I think it becomes difficult fantasy-wise to steer it. So tell me, is this something now with the New England offense that you're going to shy away from? Is it just a Brady-Gronk kind of pairing? Or do you want to take a shot at some of these external guys on the Patriots offense this week? Um, my,
2: my initial run-through for when I was making a lineup prepping for the show was a Brady-Gronk pairing and then, and then going from there. But you'll notice uh, as, if you do that, that the rest of your lineup uh, options get a little bit – Uh, limited that Vandal really priced this week uh, very tough so um, if you don't go with Gronkowski I could see where you just go Brady solo and then just kind of uh, load up uh, otherwise because like you said it it really is going to be tough to predict uh, where where the ball is going to be going you know with everyone healthy and you know I think the Chris Hogan wrinkle and then you know Brandon Cook's been so difficult to trust but you know the talent is is absolutely there and he's got the the kind of speed that Tennessee can't really keep up with so he's always like a dangerous type of option there Uh, so it really is tough to pick between these uh, Patriots skilled guys but I think bottom line I'm at least going with Brady and if I had to I'd go Brady Gronk
1: yeah I mean if you can go Brady Gronk I think it's fine I mean at least you have the Ertz pivot there as well if you want to drop down to another tight end I mean Delaney Walker's useful Kyle Rudolph there there's definitely lots of ways you can go uh at tight end this week last week was a little tricky you had travis kelsey on there and then it was a lot of questions right. but you know and then kelsey of course his way to a great game and then that you know fell apart real quick uh but i i kind of tend to agree with you i think um for lack of a better word naked tom brady is perfectly viable this week if you want to get a little naked tom brady you don't have to pair him with anybody and not have to worry about that and you can find some other spot and and that's a cash game play. And I think he's viable in tournaments this week. You know, when you're playing the shorter slate, you know you have to kind of judge these things. If you think that's going to be, you know, a game where it could be a blowout, and the Patriots like to run up the score and blowouts, that's not the kind of team's going to sit on the ball. You know, they're going to keep throwing, they're going to keep being aggressive because they're they're a bunch of jerks. So <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan. I can say it. we're we're jerks. I don't know what you
2: made of that story from last week, right? But do you think this is like is another layer oh. of like Patriots <laughs> just vinegar right now? That they're just they're really going to be on a warpath.
1: Oh, you know, I kept saying this was a year where I was still on such a high from last year's Super Bowl. I'll be honest with you that to me they don't ever have to do anything ever again. That was so <laughs> glorious. It was just it was just everything you wanted it to be. And this year, I was saying, you know, the Patriots don't have any mojo. They don't have that underlying, you know, us against whatever thing. And then this ESPN report, and uh, all I said was, "Thank you, football gods. Thank right. you so much." <laughs> Because this is exactly what we need. We need everybody to get fired up a little bit and get a little, you know, when they got a, you know, a bug up their butt about something, the Patriots just perform better. Tom Brady just performed. Angry Tom Brady is the greatest superhero that ever lived. I love Angry Tom Brady. It's great. And that whole story was such a load of crap. I mean, Bill Belichick would trade himself if he thought there was an opportunity to win more, <laughs> you know, in the Betsy yes. organization. So, I mean, it's just, it's so dumb. Of course they were going to, you know, con- consider trading Tom Brady or, or moving on from Brady with Garoppolo because that's what Belichick does. And at a certain point, Kraft has to turn around and say, you know what, this is going to have to be the exception of the rule. And if you're going to make one exception to the rule, it's okay to make it for the greatest quarterback that ever lived. And I'm not going to say arguably because I don't think there's an argument anymore. And and, and this whole, and the other side, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but John, have you seen that Jimmy Garoppolo is like a top five quarterback almost on ESPN rankings for 2018 for fantasy? I mean, come on. Can we slow that roll a little bit?
2: Seriously, like uh, I I think we we might have even mentioned it towards the end, either like the week 17 or or last week where it's like, we're going to have the 49ers fatigue as if they had just won three Super Bowls by August. (laughs) We're going to be so, so tired of hearing about them.
1: And I love Garoppolo. He's sure. good looking. He's Italian. He's an expatriate. He's all the things that I would want him to be. And I want to root for him. But, I mean, he beat the Bears and the Texans and the Jaguars team that could barely beat the Bills. I mean, let's let's slow the roll. Can we please, for the love of God, slow the roll and just pump the damn brakes? All right. So, overview of that game. Let's go to overview of uh, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Let's go to that one and jump around. Uh, to me, you know, Nick Foles, was, it's not looking good for them. Uh, I think that he'll be a little bit better in this one, more prepared. I don't want too many DFS investments. I can understand maybe a little Aguilar in a tournament if you're trying to go up for a Gronk or go up for a Bell or, or Brown or whatnot. You want to spend up on those spots. But outside of Ertz, maybe Aguilar, I don't want anything else to do with the Eagles. On the other side of that Atlanta game, tell me, do you feel like Atlanta can go in there and and you know, basically put up a good fantasy day as a collective. Is Matt Ryan in play? Or are those kind of guys? And we're going to break down the individuals. I just want to get some game overviews to so we'll talk about game flow because there's only four of them. How do you see the game flow of Atlanta going?
2: Yeah, Atlanta's definitely going to be able to challenge them. I think, uh, you know, they, they could even, you know, get out to a lead here. I, I don't think that I necessarily disagree with, with what Vegas put down as the early line uh, with Atlanta being the road favorite going against, what, the, the number one seed in the nfc I, I don't know if we ever really see uh the number one seed be be a dog in its first game but i mean here we are i think that the fulls performance over the last few weeks of the season was concerning enough to kind of warrant that so i think the you know the falcons definitely um have a case here and, and you, if you think about it you know they're going against a rams team that what didn't have a whole lot of playoff experience last week i don't think that the eagles are necessarily big on uh playoff experience either right now so i mean this is a this is kind of an untested team untested coach untested quarterback in in this type of setting for the most part so atlanta i like atlanta's chances here and i think that uh with that things should work out for them i think that julio jones uh, i know he's really expensive this week but I, i like him i like uh just how big and physical he is i don't think anyone in that philadelphia secondary can really match up with him i'd be a little bit more more worried about using those atlanta runners though
1: all right, let's go jump back to the AFC. Let's talk about Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Now Antonio Brown uh, was practicing, so I not guess not trusting
2: it. Not trusting, not trusting it.
1: it. All right, yeah. that was that's like number one. I mean, he was a full practice on Wednesday, so the full practice is not enough for you to trust him. Is it because it, of the
2: corners felt, or or it, it felt like like you know they asked Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, oh, how did Antonio Brown look? Oh, I've never seen him look better. Really, really. <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, it's like the, the, this whole "all is well" type of uh, vibe coming <laughs> out of I do not trust that for a second.
1: Oh, I'm loving this. I'm I'm loving the trustful McKetty. I don't get this one. You're 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 fired up a little bit. Yeah, you no, got a little you got a little hitch in your giddy up. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Spicy. I I don't disagree with you. It's it's tempting because if you look at it the last time he went against Jacksonville, you get hundred and fifty yards receiving, he had a ton of receptions, no touchdowns, but still it was a good day for him. So you never worried about elite players, uh, you know, elite wide receivers against elite corners. I'm still fine with taking the elite wide receiver. Sure. It's those guys like Des Bryant who, you know, never show up against a good cornerback that I always fade away from. Yeah, you can't separate for so, years of life. right, exactly. So, you know, so I, I can understand that. Now that being said do you believe it to be a very heavy on Bell game, in your
2: opinion? Yeah, I, th- I think that that probably does kind of end up being the end result here. I think that, um, that yeah, the Steelers definitely want to go that route. But, boy, uh, for, for FanDuel purposes, you, you can't – like, is it even possible to, to throw together a Brady and Bell lineup? At, like, I think you have to really scrape the bottom of the barrel elsewhere the way that this slate is priced. Uh, so it's going to be tough for me to use him. I, I think I'm going to lean more towards – going expensive at quarterback, and and then going a little bit cheaper at running back. I think that Bell definitely deserves to be RB1 this week. Uh, It sets up pretty well for him. I thought McCoy, even on a bum ankle, ran pretty well against Jacksonville last week. Um, So this does set up well for Bell. It's just going to be hard to afford him
1: uh you know what it depends on if you're willing to take some dart throws at wide receiver i, I think yes. that's what it comes down to if you're if you're willing to go down there and you know start to fool around with the sanu kind of groupings of guys or the ted Ginn's, which i i can i think you, know, you have to it, yeah, no matter what I, I, think I don't think it's a bad idea anyway i mean ted ginn is certainly a guy you can you know understand some desire i mean I, there's no way you can get brady gronk and bell i don't think responsibly no. <laughs> i mean you can do it i just don't know if it's responsible basically that's what you bur- have to do urban is urban lineup
2: number five
1: it is it, it's one of those kind of lineups you'd have to create and you'd have to do it and you'd have to be rolling out there with a uh, uh, gin and O'DD westbrook type of <laughs> scenario like the, that's your receiver core go get him kid uh kind of spot um all right let's talk about the last game uh on the slate here uh new Orleans, Minnesota. Uh, now, Minnesota defensively, very good team. New Orleans played better defensively. Uh, we know what the running backs can do. This, to me, is going to be a, a great NFC classic kind of, you know, matchup. I'm looking forward to all these games, but really this one in particular, I'm looking forward to. I think it's the best matchup on paper in terms of player personnel. Uh, how do you see this one going game flow-wise? Because I, I for one, see this to be a very heavy run the football on the Minnesota side and a, a very heavy run the football on the New Orleans side. And I don't know how much are going to be airing balls out here.
2: Yeah, this is definitely going to be a slugfest. And, and, you know, again, uh, going through my initial uh, lineup here, I didn't go at uh, the skill position or the wide receiver groups uh, of either of these teams. Like I, I have a hard time trusting case Keenum in his first playoff game. And then I, I would, I would feel weird about it anyway, but I think going against, uh, that New Orleans secondary adds another wrinkle uh, where that's going to be a tough sell for me. And it, I think it bumps down a feeling, it bumps down digs, it bumps down Rudolph uh, to an extent there. And then, you know, on the other side, I think that the the saints are going to be kind of going with a, a bit of a safer game plan, but at the same time, when do they, when do they get frustrated by Minnesota just stopping their run over and over and over and over again? Because I mean, New Orleans, they lost Andrew Sp- last week so that that's a piece of their offensive line that's missing I think this game is going to be pretty low scoring I think it's going to be a slugfest I'm, I'm interested in using one of the defenses from this team but I'm not sure if I'm if I'm really feeling confident about using any of these um, uh, skill position options in my lineup either though
1: All right, well, let's go down and let's break them down. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Tom Brady, 8,800. Breeze, 81. Roethlisberger, 8. Matt Ryan, 77. Keenum, 76. Mario, 75. And Nick Foles, Bortles, clearing up at 72 and 71. Now, for me, forget the last three guys there. You know, Keenum's been a very solid return on investment quarterback. uh, But I'll tell you what, if I'm going to cheap out on quarterback, the guy that I want to cheap out on is Matt Ryan. I just think the Eagles are ripe for the picking. Uh, I think you can throw the ball in the Eagles. I don't think Matt Ryan has a huge ceiling, but I think he can return value. I think he can go two to three times value in this game. Outside of that, it's give me Brady, give me Brady all day long, especially if you do think that Pittsburgh is going to lean a little bit more heavily on Le'Veon Bell. How about you? What are your one or two quarterbacks, your cash game guy, or your tournament guy, respectively, a QB?
2: Yeah. I think, I think we kind of have a similar read on this one. It'd be, it'd be Brady for the most part. And then, I mean, once you get below Matt Ryan, I, you know, you're taking a huge risk in in that, you know, you could be getting 12 points or less from your quarterbacks, the rest of the way down from, from Keenum on, on down to Bortles. It it could be really ugly the rest of the ways. Whereas Matt Ryan, I feel pretty good about him getting, you know, the 16, 16 plus, anywhere between 16 and 20. So you don't feel amazing about it. You don't expect him to necessarily light up the Eagles, but Uh, you feel pretty safe about at least getting something out of him. So those are the two quarterbacks that that I would be uh, going after. I'd be worried about Breeze uh, going against that Minnesota secondary and that, again, uh, game flow and then just Jacksonville's secondary. I don't think that Roethlisberger's going to throw five picks again. Um, And I've seen some bold predictions out there that Roethlisberger's going to, like, go on a warpath on Sunday. But I'm not sure if I trust that either. So, yeah, Brady and Ryan would be my quarterbacks.
1: All right, let's talk about running back here. Now, Kamara and Ingram both $8,900, 8200 respectively. Both of them, you know, first game of the year against Minnesota didn't do much. Also, was that weird timeshare where Adrian Peterson, the revenge narrative when he was still on the roster. So you could basically take that and throw that game out because that is not the case. We already kind of talked about Le'Veon Bell. I think we both agree that as expensive as he is in cash game, if you want to pay up for him, pay down a quarterback, you can make that work pretty well. Uh, and get your you know big time carries in between Kamara and Ingram, one or the other or neither. How do you feel about this grouping here?
2: Um, I, I would feel better about Kamara because of the pass catching upside. But then you know looking into the numbers a little bit, Minnesota is the best uh, defense in terms of stopping opposing runners as pass catchers. Um, so that that's an issue there. I mean, although uh, you know New Orleans could be splitting out Kamara in the slot a little bit. Um, as well. So that, that kind of uh, fudges that number a little bit there, but for 700 less, I probably like Ingram just a little bit more. And I know that Camara also got the, got the goal line carry last week, but I think the savings there um, I would probably go with Ingram between the two of them, but I'm initially not going with either of them in, in this first go, go round for my lineup.
1: All right. If you're playing multi-entry, I think Leonard Fournette at $7,900 has some appeal and here's why I don't think he's going to be heavily owned. So should he have a big day? He's a separator. He's a little different. Now he's not saved you a whole lot, but should Leonard Fournette have the best day of all the running backs this weekend? That's a torno- tournament lineup that I think is going to cash. Uh, and I, I'm not saying, you know, single entries. I want Leonard Fournette. I don't because I don't believe in this Jacksonville offense enough, especially portals on the road, but should he rip off that one big run? Should he end up with two touchdowns in this game? And should he have a really good day? Should he end up with a 20 something point day? That's the kind of strange that I think is the good kind of strange, a little oppo, a little contrarian, where Fournette can come into play. Let's talk about Deion Lewis. Now, Lewis, the backfield's getting a little more crowded around there nowadays, but some huge games from Deion Lewis. So in your mind, would you would you still go to that Deion Lewis well? Because as we've seen here, you know, in the second half of the season, Lewis has been more good than bad, even though, you know, maybe touchdown upside is limited in this sort of a game for him.
2: Um, I I can like see where you're coming from. I feel like you're you're honestly the the more authoritative voice yeah. when it comes to the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, whatever I say uh, probably doesn't carry as much water as, as what you say on Lewis. So I mean, well,
1: I'll say no. But- I am the Dion Lewis whisper. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean no, okay, because I feel like although Dion Lewis will have himself be a big part of the offense as he has been. I see this to be a lot of Gronk touchdowns some Br- uh, Cooks touchdowns. I-, I think this is one where Brady wants to go out there and throw the ball because of a little bit of the recent discussions going on. That tends to be what Tommy likes to do. I wouldn't even be shocked if Tom Brady ran in for a touchdown because that's you could see Tom Brady running in and spiking a ball in a game like this after a week like <laughs> the, the news cycle has been. Um, I'll tell you who I do love. I, I love Devonta Freeman at 72, and I love Latavius Murray at 68. To me, these are the two best value returns, safest guys, where you can make the investment. I think Freeman has touchdown upside. I think Murray has touchdown upside. I think it makes sense in terms of game flow for both teams. If indeed the weather is crappy in Philadelphia on the weekend, I could see Freeman really, you know, being a beneficiary of them, like just handing the ball off to him just a tad more. And I could see Latavius Murray another guy where. You know, I was a little concerned there, but it seemed like maybe they were just pacing him as they went to the playoffs, and he finished pretty better than uh, I expected him to finish. It was that weird patch there for a couple games where Murray all of a sudden started getting shied away from, right. but I think Murray is back, and I think the way you beat the Saints is to keep that offense off the field, and I think you do that with ball control, and I think Murray will be the big beneficiary of that.
2: Yeah, that's a really good call on Murray. I'm definitely uh, with you there. Um, I'm a little bit more worried about Freeman, uh, although both of these guys, uh, you know, have the potential of losing out some carries to to their backups, because both of them have really good backups. Um, And, you know, this guy that I'm about to talk about doesn't have necessarily the, the most ironclad workload either. But Jay Ajayi, Um, I like his game. I think he's, you know, he's due to see, you know, 12 to 15 carries. I think that Philadelphia is probably not going to want to put the whole game on Foles' shoulders. And for Ajayi, going up against Atlanta, their run defense isn't all that great. So I think that this kind of sets up Pretty well for Ajayi, and I'm, I think maybe some people are going to gloss over him and worry about, you know, like Garrett Blunt or some other uh, potential carry vultures there. And I also like Derrick Henry, and you know, with 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 Demarco Murray being out again, I think that we're going to see Tennessee uh, go go to the run a fair bit, and you know usually you'd apply some sort of logic to, to a coach where it's like, okay, if they get down, they're going to stop running the ball. It's like, well, this is Mike Malarkey we're talking about. So nothing he does necessarily makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Well, they didn't so, do it in the I second half Henry's, of
1: the Kansas City game, so why should they do it now, right? I Henry, agree.
2: Yeah, so I think Henry sees plenty of runs, and, you know, I think you can probably admit if, there, if there's a weakness to, to that Patriots defense a little bit, you know, I think a 6'3", 240-pound guy that runs a 4540 could be a problem for them.
1: Oh, I think he could definitely be a problem, and that's why I think he's going to be the focus, and that's the only reason why I'm going to stay away from it because okay. Belichick does one thing. He takes away the focal point, point. Mm-hmm. and I believe Henry is their best chance to win, and therefore I think he's going to do everything he can to stack the box and take Henry out, make Mar- Marcus Mariota beat you by throwing the ball. They're going to keep him in the pocket. They're going to try to get him in the pocket. They're going to make sure that they want him throwing the ball. They'll take their chances with man coverage against Mariota and him making a mistake, and I think he will. Uh, that's, that's my take. That's the only reason. And I'm a Henry guy. I'm a Henry supporter. Uh, I was big on a Henry last week and the super flex. Said that. I was like, Hey, he's the must start this week and it worked out. So, but we, you know, this week I'm going to fade away. All right. Wide receiver, Antonio Brown, top of the board, nine K Julio at 88. I don't think the Eagles have anybody that could stop Julio. No, I, I really don't. I think this is a Julio week. Again, I think he can repeat Michael Thomas as steady as he is. Yeah, he's a nice cash game option because of the steadiness, but he's going to have roads on him. I think that's always you know, a, a tough sell. He held him to just seven fantasy points last time that they faced each other. Uh, Brandon Cooks at 77 I think is an okay investment, probably more of a tournament play again than a cash game play. Um, then you get the pairing of Minnesota guys, Thielen and Diggs. All right, I'll go to this one like we went to the New Orleans running backs. Thielen or Diggs, both, neither. Where's your head at, John?
2: Um, I, I think, you know, for, at least for cash purposes, I, I'd, I'd probably say neither, honestly. But if I had to give a lean to one of them, it, w- it would be Thielen. I think that the, you know, the general target volume uh, and the, the sure hands uh, that, that Thielen has, I think that he kind of will be the, the highest producing Minnesota uh, wide receiver. But, again, he's probably going to draw Marcus Lattimore or Marshawn Lattimore, and that's, that's pretty tough. Uh, Diggs, you know, I think that on the other side uh, with Ken Crowley, that's going to be a tough matchup for him in his own right. So I think either way you look at this, this is not going to be a heavy passing volume game for Minnesota. So I don't really particularly see, see myself spending 7,000 plus on either of these two guys when I like options better, either with the Julio going up or uh, way down further uh, with some of those cheaper like sub 6k guys.
1: Now I'll tell you what, speaking of the sub six K guys, you know, Sanu doesn't, you know, it's not a sexy guy at all. I mean, well, not, I mean, obviously he's sexy in real life. I mean, look at that son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> you know, look that, at records
2: that look, man,
1: he's nothing good. but rucker sexy Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> but I mean, look, we know he's limited, but in terms of volume, look, he's a steady, you know, he's a steady guy. He can get you 10 points in there. If you're looking for a lineup builder, I like Gin. Ginn is the guy that I like at 5,900 uh, because Rhodes is on Michael Thomas to me, I think that that's a spot where that opens up things for Ted Ginn, and Ted Ginn doesn't need volume. Ted Ginn just needs that one. <laughs> I think we you all know did, that about. Ted Ginn.
2: To- like that. Yeah, I was watching the yeah. game last week. I had him in my lineup, and it's like, bang, there he goes. That's 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 all I needed from Ginn today.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. I mean, at this point, you want those guys and that kind of upside when you have a short slate, and I think he gives that to you. And uh, to me, at 59, I think he's a very responsible play. I don't want to screw around with any of the Jacksonville guys. I don't want to screw around with Hogan. I don't want to – I mean, if you want to, God bless you. Go for it. I just don't think it's good. One more guy before we move to tight end, Juju. Thoughts on him. Tough corner matchup. Um, Brown on the field. That's a positive. Seven K, I think that's right on the border of my interest level. Are you interested enough, and will you be owning him in any lineups?
2: I'm going to at least try. I think I definitely like him more than an Alshon, and and then once you get uh, beneath Juju, it's it. There's a definite drop off in terms of what your what your realistic expectations can be. Um, so I think that this sets up pretty well for for Smith Schuster, and I think again, uh, Brown Brown is not the the. Uh, Perfect uh, picture of health that, that I think the, the Steelers are painting right now. So I think Smith-Schuster kind of steps in. I know he's going to be drawing A.J. Boyer There's no real uh, good scenario going against that Jacksonville secondary, but I think uh, Juju would be the guy to own uh, from that Pittsburgh receiving corps.
1: All right, over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com/RotoWire, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com/RotoWire. Void where prohibited. All right, tight ends. Rob Gronkowski, 8,500. Definitely worth paying up for in cash games. Gronk will smash today. Uh, or this weekend, I should say. Um, I feel pretty good about that. Ertz has always been safe. You know, is he foals-proof, Ertz? <laughs> I guess that's the question to ask. Is <laughs> that's he foals-proof?
2: It's a, t- 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 a tough question. And, and Atlanta's safeties are pretty tough. I mean, I, I, don't, I think they're a little bit on the smaller side. So, Ertz has the physical advantage there. Um, yeah, I guess he's kind of in a, in that tier of his own, really, because, you know, it's a $1,300 difference between him uh, and Gronk, but then it's a, a grand difference lower uh, between him and Walker. So sort of a nice middle option there. Um, I feel okay about him. I just don't feel great. I think I'd, I would just rather go Gronk and, and figure it out elsewhere. I mean, uh, for instance, on RotoWire's just FanDuel Optimizer, uh, Rob Roggenkowski is projected for 15.6 fantasy points. Uh, the next highest tight end is, is at 10.8, and that would be Ertz. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty huge difference there, so, and that's just a projection. Um, so I think that it that just kind of goes to show that Gronk is, is a guy that you need to get in your lineup more than anything else this weekend.
1: All right, Delaney Walker, usually a safe play. I mean, I think he can, again, be one of those guys hovering around that double-digit range. nothing too special. Kyle Rudolph's another one, too. If you want to fade Gronk, I say go all the way and fade him all the way. You know, If you're not going to pay for Gronk, go all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum, pay up for Julio, pay up for guys like that, and go get yourself Kyle Rudolph because I think Rudolph can get in the end zone. I mean, you know, and if he does that, then he's your 12-point guy or whatever, and he's, you know, a two-times value. You can live with that. Uh, forget any of these secondary other guys, the Hoopers, the James, the Lewis's. I mean, that, all that's a dart throw. Uh, there was that guy last week, too. Oh, God, just went out of my head who caught that touchdown. The one touchdown for Jacksonville. What's his name? Is he even on here? Oh,
2: uh, is that – yeah, what is that guy's name?
1: Nobody I, knows. He doesn't even know his Tyler, name.
2: Tyler Higby caught a touchdown, but then he didn't. Uh, that was, yeah that was ugly that was that was just a weird part of that game but yeah uh it, it is kind of bogg- ben kayak
1: at, kayak at, yeah whatever is in yeah seriously that guy hot mess that happens that, happened. that <laughs> happened and uh, again in, in one of the all-time worst playoff games ever I, yep. ever you know i mean i'd almost yes. i was waiting for some fog to roll in or something just so i wouldn't have to visually watch it anymore that's how bad it was all right, let's go to defenses. Pittsburgh top of the board at 53, which is going to be tough to afford this week. Um, New England Patriots 51. I think they'll get turnovers. I think they'll be worth it. But again, tough to to roster. Jacksonville 47, Eagles 46, Vikings 46. Give me the Falcons at 44. I love this Falcons defense, the way they're playing lately. I like the matchup against Foles. I think they can have a, a good day in terms of limiting the Eagles uh, scoring. I think Foles might give you a couple turnovers possibly. I mean, I understand he had that one glorious year where he never threw a pick, but uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm not living in 2013. I'm living in 2018. So uh, to me, I think they could force some uh, picks. And if there is going to be weather elements, that means more turnover potential as well. And who knows if you can even, you know, bring back a fumble for a touchdown or something to that effect. So my favorite defense of the week is the Falcons, even though it's on the road. How about you? What's your defense de jour?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you, you have a good read on this. Where, where like you don't, it's it's tough to swing that that five thousand plus uh, defense. And I, and I would go with the Patriots instead of the Jaguars. I, I don't, I'm not sure if I would trust that Steelers defense uh, like all the way. And I think I could see the, the the four net run type of deal and the ball control type of offense where they don't really uh, turn it over. So that that would kind of sting you at fifty three hundred if you're going the Steelers route. Um, I think. Along the same lines and in the same price point, I think the Saints are kind of interesting, and it's more yeah. of a ta- it's a talent-based thing. That, that is a really, really strong defense uh, that, that was really kind of uh, taking it to the Panthers and holding them to field goals for, for a lot of that game last week until a little bit of uh, some bending there towards the end. Um, but I think the Saints can get after the quarterback. They can also force turnovers. That secondary is nasty. Uh, it's, it's a good defense across the board. Really the only place you can see them giving up some yardages on the ground. They're going against Case Keenan making his first playoff start. I think this all sets up to where the Saints, uh, you know, if you're in a pinch a little bit, um, I think that they're, they're a totally fine defense. I think both those NFC South defenses work this
1: weekend. All right, let's have some fun. Let's go through with predictions all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, John, who you got in New Orleans at Minnesota? I guess I'm going to
2: go with the Saints here. I, th- I think that I'm going to go with the the overall playoff experience uh, that that Sean Payton and Drew Brees and company have in that great defense. So give me the Saints.
1: I will agree with that. Atlanta, Philadelphia, who you got?
2: Uh, give me give me Atlanta. I you know, it's it's weird to trust an Atlanta team or a Georgia team in, in the postseason. But uh, Philadelphia, the way things kind of ended with them, that's at the end of the season. It's hard to trust them, too. So give me Atlanta.
1: All right, Atlanta at New Orleans NFC Championship game. Give me New Orleans. Uh, oh, yeah. The Atlanta Cinderella story ends there for me.
2: Yeah, uh, this isn't a Super Bowl Atlanta team. This is this is a team that just kind of had a favorable run to the NFC Championship game. I think that the Saints take care of business there too.
1: All right, AFC side uh, Tennessee Titans. Do they have a shot against the Patriots? No, not
2: just no, but FNL. No. It's like, it's
1: like uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know what? I would expect – I don't think it would have been as bad, but I think recent events have made it now something where they are, they are now in a, in a mood. Let's put it that way. <laughs> They're in a Someone mood. Bear. Yeah, that's why – why do people do it? I just don't understand. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if Bill Belichick planted that story himself. You know, <laughs> like if he was like called up, by, you know, team, hey, team uh, hey, uh, hey, it's me. It's uh, it's uh, Mr. B. It's, my name is just Mr. B. And uh, I just want to let you know, uh, uh, Mr. Kraft and uh, Tom Brady and uh, Belichick, they're not getting along. Just uh, just run with it, okay? Just me-
2: meet some <laughs> in the parking lot
1: at, at midnight to tell <laughs> them right. stuff,
2: but like there's a clear outline of a cutoff hoodie. Oh, so-
1: completely. And it's <laughs> like, hey, aren't you? No, I'm not that guy. I'm definitely <laughs> not that guy. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's go. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. I think we're both taking the Steelers here. Am I right? Mm, uh, no. Ooh, yeah, give, me the like give me the Jags. Give me the Jags. I love it. Jags Here's upset. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pittsburgh fans are furious right now. All right. So, Jacksonville going into New England. Any hope?
2: No. That's that's where that one ends, too. So, I, I think it's New England, New Orleans, in the Super Bowl.
1: All right. So, who's your pick? New England, New Orleans?
2: I know what your pick is going to be, so I, I got to <laughs> go Saints.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to – uh, you know what? It's not an easy one for me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say New England because I think that one game is just – it's tough. It's, it's tough to go through, and I, I think they'll find you know some of the holes that the Saints do have, and they'll expose them because that's what the Patriots do. Which is one game plan. Uh, you know They just need that one game plan, and I think nobody does that better than them. All right. That'll do it for John McKechnie and I in our DFS NFL season. As I said, we will be back again come baseball time don't know the schedules yet so just hit us up on twitter at johnny mckex and at joe pisa ps17 john there's uh i can say this and i don't want to make anybody upset i love all the guys over here at the roto wire but you're not supposed to have favorites but i you're my favorite all right you just are we've been doing this for a, a year now together over two sports and i'm going to miss our talks but hopefully when you're uh when you go on your walkabout and you come back with the giant beard uh, you'll be ready come April for baseball and we'll get right back at it all right my friend
2: hey man the, the feeling is mutual we've we've essentially carried a baby to term of DFS podcast here <laughs>
1: for nine months so
2: so yeah this has really been an emotional journey and i, I look forward to uh, get, uh, i'm already pumped for baseball season i, I want to i'm going to dive in and be ready so so once uh, once april rolls around we get the ground running
1: you can't follow that, folks. All right. For John McKechnie, I'm Joe Zapia. For everybody here at RotoWire, have a great weekend of daily fantasy, and we'll see you soon.